Would you bow your heads in prayer? We've asked Captain Josiah Hesgett to come this morning and lead us in this moment of prayer. Good morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, what an honor it is to be able to worship you together freely. Understanding that our brothers and sisters around the world, many do not enjoy that same freedom. Father, this morning we we remember and we honor the service members who have given their lives for our freedom. Father, I want to lift up a special prayer and a special blessing for the family members of the service members, for the close friends, for the battle buddies who have lost someone. I pray, God, that you would be their peace and their strength and their hope this morning. Father, as we observe this Memorial Day, we remember the people who have given their lives for us. God, help us also remember the sacrifice that you, you gave us through your son, Jesus. And in him, we can find our hope. It's in Jesus that we can find our strength. Help us to remember that this morning. We love you, and we thank you, Father, for loving us first. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Hosiah. Let me thank all of those who've, who've served in the line of duty in the United States military. Uh, you know, I've been told by several soldiers to understand what each day is for, and Memorial Day is about those who've died in the service of our country, not, not those who are still living. But, uh, you know, for some of us uh, not connected with any military, sometimes our only way of being grateful and, and recognizing and acknowledging those as past is, is to be able to reach out and touch somebody who's living and say thank you to them. So we are certainly grateful for all of those of you who who serve. Um, on April 21st, I, I don't think this is going to be a newsflash, Prince died, right? You, you, you heard that, you knew that's not news to anybody, is it? Uh, yeah, he, he passed away. And, you know, in, in our culture today, when, when a celebrity passes, I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, there's, there's hardly anything bigger in our country than, than when a, one of our movie stars, one of our rock stars passes away. I mean, it just kind of consumes the TV and the news and guys, social media just kind of goes nuts there for, for at least a good day or two. And on, uh, April 21st when, when Prince died, I know, like with other celebrities, I, I can get kind of caught up in that. I tweeted, I posted, uh, I think that night something along the lines of, I, I remember when 1999 was a great song and a year far, far away. Uh, cause when I think of 1999, I actually think of 1982. 1983, I think of my, my junior and senior years in high school and his music was a, was a big part of that. I probably have not listened to a whole lot of Prince music for the last 25 or 30 years. I, I love some of what he did. You know, probably not a very honorable person all in all and a lot of his music is some of the most vulgar music you can listen to. But, but all in all, there was some good songs there. And they, they, you know what? They're a part of some memories for me. And, and that's why I would get caught up in that. That's why I would post something like that. But, but you know, it seems like today when we have one of these celebrity things that happens, it seems after about 24 hours of that, I don't know if you've noticed this on, on Facebook, but we'll have some people, I don't know if they're a group, I don't know if they have a meeting and get together on this, uh, I call them guilt assassins, 
Okay? And, and, and after about 24 hours of us all going nuts and fawning all over some celebrity, then out will come somebody with a post like this. I know mine was a, a particular friend in South Carolina who I sure hope's not watching right now. But anyway, they'll, they'll, they'll post something like this. Well, I've, I've noticed all my friends and everybody on Facebook posting and writing and, and all the news and there's this, all this activity about this celebrity. I sure think it's sad that we don't have this kind of activity over a soldier that's fallen in battle. And you're like, oh, you know, kicked in the gut, guilty. I mean, I mean you can't respond to that. I mean, they're, they're totally right. And yet, would you believe, and this might sound a little strange on Memorial Weekend, I think a post like that is entirely unfair. I I think a post like that is just completely wrong. And and it's not because I honor Prince uh, over a soldier that that has fallen in battle and and fallen in service of my protections and freedoms. No, I, I don't honor him over and above them. I mean, the truth is, if you get real practical, I I didn't know the soldier. As a matter of fact, a lot of times I didn't even know that a soldier died, so I, I can't have a bunch of activity to do, to do anything that honors and respects that. Uh, you know, I mean, there's there, there, nothing I can do. And, and, and I got to thinking about it, you, you know, this, this person who posted that, they don't do anything either. I mean, other than make all the rest of us guilty because we liked Prince 35 years ago, you know, they, they're not doing anything more to honor a fallen soldier either. Hey, that, that, you, that, that post didn't honor a soldier. But you know, that got me to thinking. Back April 21st, 22nd, I, I, I was thinking, you know what? So what then does honor that, that a soldier, and of course it's not, not singular, there's hundreds of thousands of soldiers that have died in the service of our country. What, what does honor them? Is, is it a Facebook post? A lot of us will do that in the next 24 hours. Is, is it a monument? I mean, our nation's capital is filled with them, and, and, and they're all over our, our country. Is, is it a day? Does a memorial day do that? Well, you know, I mean, yes. Yes, the answer to all that is yes. All of those things, they, they cause us to pause. They cause us to remember. That's a, that's a way of giving value, a way of honoring What's been done? But, but is that enough? I mean, folks, we're talking about a life that is gone. A, a, a life that doesn't get to be with his or her family anymore. So, so does a monument do that? Does a day do that? And, and I'm thinking about that. And, and, a, and I just remembered a, a scene from a movie came to my mind. Y- y'all remember that movie, Saving Private Ryan? Yeah, of course you do. That movie was like an instant classic. It was a classic before it finished. You know, I mean, it's just a great movie there. And you know, of course, the story of the movie is there's this <clears throat> group of soldiers that have been charged to go get, go, to go find and go get Private Ryan out of battle because his three brothers have fallen in battle. Now, the way the story is told in the movie, they, it, it appears they've all fallen recently in, in D-Day and in the battles surrounding and following D-Day. And when the army puts together that, hey, three brothers have died, we got to go get the fourth one and, and get him home to his mother. And, and, and it's not a true story, but sadly, it is related to two stories very close to it. Uh, both in, in World War II, there was a, there's got to be a policy against this today. On the USS Juno in World War II, there was five brothers on one ship, all five killed in, in a single naval battle. 
And then in a story more similar to the movie, there was the Nyland brothers, four brothers, three were killed, not, not in the way the movie uh, portrays, real, real close together, but over the course of the war, three, three brothers fell in, in battle and, and the army put that together and they, that part is true. They did go to get the fourth brother uh, out and, and to get him home. The, the somewhat good news of the way that story ended is one of the three brothers was actually not dead. He was in a, in a POW camp and, and he did get released and he did come home. So, so two of the brothers. But, but back to the movie. You, as the movie opens and closes, it's not of young Private Ryan in battle. It, it opens and closes with elderly Ryan. And, and, and he's at the grave of, of, of the character portrayed by Tom Hanks and he is overwhelmed. He is burdened by, by really a horrible question. Well, you know what? Y'all, y'all want to see it? Let's, we, it's Memorial Weekend. Let's watch a little bit of a movie, shall we? We've got time. Look to the screen here. I, I think that is a, a haunting request. I, I mean, I thought, I thought, I tried to put myself in that position and I thought, you know, I think my response, I would almost want to say, don't, don't, don't put that on me. That's not fair. I never, I would never think that I could do something to earn this. That, that, that I could do something that makes this all worthwhile. What, what a horrible thought to, to try to live with, a, a, a challenge to try to have. But that right there, that scene right there is what made me think. I can't help but think for the, the, the fictional Private Ryan there, a monument would never earn it. A Facebook post would never, never be a part of earning that. A Memorial Day would not be a part of that. And that's talking about a whole character and a whole quality of life and what is done with that life to try and earn. You know, I'll I'll be honest with you, I I don't like the word earn. The, The writers of the movie didn't ask me what word I thought should go there. I don't like the word earn because the earn almost sounds like there's some kind of bartering that can go on, right? Earn makes it sound like now I can do something and, and then it, it, I'm deserving of this. I, I don't like that word. I think I like, and this might be splitting hairs. I don't know. I think I like the word worthy. Be, be worthy of this. L- live in a way that shows the worth and the value you place on the sacrifice that was, that was laid down right here. Now, what, we, what you and I have, what we have in Memorial Day is, is an opportunity once a year to, to, to stop, to pause, and to think, hey, am I living my life in a way that, that, that shows the value and, and the importance I place on the hundreds and thousands of lives that have, have protected and preserved what I enjoy as an American? And of course, whether Americans, whether that's what we're using tomorrow for or not, I mean, we got that one day to do that, but don't we as followers of Christ, isn't that a question we, we need to be asking daily? Because Christ laid down his life for us. Christ died for us, and the scripture calls you and me to consider every day of our lives how we're living in a way that is worthy of what he's done. Now, there, there's a wide variety of passages we could go to and look at this, this exact call. I mean, it's a command on our lives to
to consider what Private Ryan was right there. Am I living worthy of this? That's a command on our lives. One of those commands is found in Philippians chapter 1. If you want to open your Bibles with me there this morning, Philippians chapter 1. Well over halfway through your New Testament, get past the two letters to the Corinthians and then Galatians, Ephesians, and then you'll be in Philippians. Get to Colossians, Thessalonians, you've gone too far. Philippians chapter 1, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 27. It says, only let your manner of life, let the the way you live, let the way you talk, let the way you spend money, the way you save money, let let the way you respond to people, let the way you do your job, let, let the way you deal with frustration, let everything you do be worthy, show the worth and the value of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted. Now, if you've got your own Bible here you, you, and you've got a pen, you might want to underline verse 29 or, or put a little star by it because this is a truly unique verse in the Bible. You and I enjoy rights, correct? And we have an American constitution that, that gives us rights and our United States military protects that constitution, promotes, defends uh, that constitution. And so we kind of live by our rights in this country. Oddly enough, the scripture does not talk to us about rights. You, you won't see a page that says, here's all your rights as a follower of Christ. It doesn't talk to us. It doesn't present rights in that way, except Philippians chapter 1, verse 29, it says, here it's been granted, that's the way of giving a right, and as a follower of Christ, you and I have two rights. We have a right to believe in Jesus, and we have a right to suffer for him. Now, I don't know about you, I hear one of those rights and think, that sounds kind of intriguing and cool, and I I hear the other one think, no, not so much, y'all can have that right. (laughs) Verse 30, Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Now folks, what I would like to suggest today is that, is that when you and I aim at the target of being worthy of what Christ has done for us, worthy of his death. Now, if you look there at verse 27, it didn't say be worthy of his death. It said be worthy of the gospel, right? But if I turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Verses 1 through 3, it says, this is the gospel. Jesus died, according to the scriptures. Jesus was buried and that he was raised again, according to the scriptures. So what is the gospel? It is the work of Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection for you. We, we are to live worthy of that. So it, it, that, the verse is calling us to live worthy of his death. If you and I will aim at the target of being worthy of what he's done for us, I, I think we also honor soldiers. That, that's a character of life. That is a quality of life that will honor what they also have done for us. You know, another way to think about this, folks, is, again, what is it soldiers are protecting and defending? The, the, the Constitution. Well, the Constitution gives to you and I a right to freely follow Christ. 
a right to, to, to freely understand what that means, what that looks like, and how I live. Hundreds of thousands of them have died so that we have that right. So when I use that right, when I rightly and appropriately use that right, then am I not honoring them? Am I not showing the value and the importance of what they've done for me in life? So I'm going to say, let's aim at the target of honoring Christ's death for us, and we will also in the same act honor all those United States soldiers. So how do we do that? Four quick ideas today of of how we live worthy of a life that is given. And the first one is, hey, we work at living, we work at living in a way where we agree with one another. Did you notice in the passage it be of the same mind, be of the same spirit, side by side? There's a lot of togetherness there. But now the, the truth of the matter is why this is just kind of a neat, warm, fuzzy thought. There's nothing neat, warm, or fuzzy about this. We really could say do the hard work of agreeing. If you're waiting for this natural moment in life where you just wake up and you agree with everybody in your house and you go to a church and you agree with everybody there and lo and behold, you turn on the news and you find out your agreement with everybody in the United States, quickly go back to bed because you have woken up somewhere very weird. Okay? That's not going to happen. And you know, we disagree for a lot of... I mean... We disagree over small, meaningless stuff, right? And that's the sad disagreements. I mean, relationships are broken, families are broken, people leave church, not over doctrine, not over how we're doing the work of the kingdom. We leave church over the color of the carpet, over the start of the service. I mean, we, we, sometimes it's just really small, insignificant things. But sometimes we disagree, and it's not small and insignificant, and it's not just because I'm a sinner and I'm, I can be selfish and I can be mean. Sometimes we disagree over big stuff, over, over important stuff. It's true in a marriage, it's, it's true in a church, and it's true across this country. I mean, you know what? I, I, I know why I believe what I believe. I've thought through this idea. There, there's a reason I see it this way. There's a, a, a reason I want to do it this way. And it's very important to me. And, and somebody's on the other side who's also thought about it, who's also very important. And we're just not in agreement. That, that, that happens. And that's real. And I don't see, sometimes I hear in church that the concept of being unified and being agreeable means that, hey, I mean, didn't Jesus say that the world's going to know us by our love? And so we just need to put down all of our beliefs and our convictions. Folks, the scripture does not call us to put down our convictions. The scripture does not call us to put down things that are important and then we believe. I think you'll find that the scripture actually calls you to know what your convictions are. To know what you would die for. I I don't think there would be tons of things that we would die for, but there probably should be some level of things that are of that kind of importance to us. So there are some things that we disagree on that are very, very important. And that's not going to change until Jesus returns. What this passage is calling us to do, though, instead of getting locked down and focused only on what I disagree with you, and that's what we do. If it's with a mate, if it's with a church, if it's with our country, all we can see of the other side is what we disagree on. The scripture says, hey, are you thinking, though, about where you agree? Are are you thinking, though, are, are you working on staying focused on the things you would stand side by side for? 
that, that you would work at together. You know, a lot of things you might find would be easier in life if you focused on what you agree. Yes, the disagreement is real and the disagreement is out there. But what if we focus just as much on where we're on the same page and where we agree? And you say, now how does this I mean, okay, that's important, but how does that honor life? Well, think about it this way. Do you think American soldiers died so we could all come back here and hate each other? And that we could be as divided as we have ever been in the United States? Do you think that's why they laid down their lives? Do you think Jesus laid down his life so that we could come to church and lie about each other and gossip about each other and hold little things against each other and maybe big things against each other and stay divided? No, folks, when we do the hard work, it's not easy and it's not natural. When we do the hard work of agreeing, we're saying, hey, I'm working at agreeing because a sacrifice was laid down. And while there might be real differences, I'm going to try to stay focused. I'm going to try to operate from where we agree. That honors the sacrifice. That honors what was laid down there. You know, a second thing we do is we can work at boldness. You know, one of the best ways to honor is is to mimic, right? I mean, in flattery, uh, mimicking. You think Jesus was bold for you? And he sure was. You know, we, we think about Jesus being gentle and Jesus being loving. And, but do we think about Jesus being brave? You know, you, you, you turn to the Gospels and you look at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane the, the night before he went to the cross. And he, he's saying to the Father there, you know, if there's another way to do this, if, if there's another route, I'm open to suggestions. If we want to rethink this, I think Jesus in, in, in his humanity was scared of what tomorrow held. And there would have been a lot of things easier if he just went with the fear. There would have been a lot of things easier if he just didn't identify with, but he was bold, and he was bold for a reason. He was bold for you. Just like soldiers are bold. Soldiers are brave for our nation, for our our constitution, for our well-being. Do we honor that then by, 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 by being apathetic? By, by being uncommitted, by, by not willing to identify with. You know, I, I think sometimes today we're kind of, I don't know what the right word is, I'll, I'll, I'll say beat down. Boldness is beat down because we don't want to be obnoxious, right? Being bold means being obnoxious. Be, being bold means you don't like anybody at work and you tell them they're all going to hell and they're all wrong. But you know, I don't, I don't actually think that's what boldness is. I don't think boldness is being obnoxious. I don't think boldness is hating everybody. But boldness is also not hiding who you belong to. Boldness is not being ashamed of the fact that our Savior spoke into this world and he's spoken to our lives and we have those words in here. And these words make us unpopular today, don't they? You don't want to hold this up out in the world. But does that honor what he's done for us if we're ashamed you know, he wasn't ashamed of you. As a matter of fact, in Mark chapter 8, he promises, I, I won't be ashamed of you when I come in my glory and with the holy angels. I won't be ashamed of you before the Father. How do we honor that? The Son of God not being ashamed of me. Do we honor that by turning around and being ashamed of him in the workplace and at school? I mean, th- th- this is real. But remember, we're talking about a life. We're talking about a great sacrifice that has been laid down. It might not be easy and it might cost, but it cost Jesus, didn't it? 
It cost Jesus to not be ashamed of you. And it cost soldiers to not be ashamed of those colors. Yes, sometimes to express the worth of something, it costs. doesn't mean you have to be obnoxious, but it does mean you're not ashamed that you belong to Christ. We honor him when we work at that, folks, when we work at that boldness. We also honor his life when, when we work at our beliefs. Now, you, you look at verse 29 there. We've been given a right to believe. Now, we live in a nation today where, man, we're just a boom of beliefs, aren't we? I mean, belief is prospering right now. I mean, we've got more beliefs than we've ever had before, and we celebrate beliefs, and we applaud beliefs, all kinds of beliefs. Just don't show your beliefs, and don't let them affect anything, and don't let them show up anywhere. I mean, do you realize what our culture is calling us to do? Have your belief. Just don't let it mean anything. Have my belief. Just don't let it mean anything. Now, you know what the truth is, folks? I can blame that on culture. But my sin nature kind of appeals to that. Because it didn't take a culture and it didn't take America for people to say, Oh, I, man, I love Jesus. I believe the Bible. But it, it doesn't really affect how I respond when I'm angry. It doesn't affect my money. It doesn't affect uh, how I live. It doesn't affect what my priority. I mean, folks, that's been a problem for a long, long, long time. That we say we believe, but where does that belief show up? Do you realize a sacrifice has been made so that you and I freely, without consequence, could pursue what we believe, try to understand what we believe, grow in what we believe, develop in the ability to communicate what we believe and defend what we believe. And by the way, the more you grow in your belief and the more you have the ability to communicate it and defend it, the more you'll, have, you'll find that you have the ability to do that in a way that's not obnoxious. You'll have the way to do that in the way the scripture calls for us to do it, gentle and loving. Not just trying to win, but trying to actually reach a person. Man, we honor the Lord when our our beliefs are not something we're kind of apathetic and uncommitted to, but that our beliefs absolutely shape our lives. And, And folks, people have paid so that you and I could freely pursue that. And then lastly, I think we live a life worthy of a life given when we are ready to suffer. Now, that's a big one right there because there's not a whole lot bigger in America than than having fun and and being comfortable, right? I mean, no, we're not going to say right in church. No, 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 the glory of God, that's what's important. Yeah, I, I know, glory of God. But right behind the glory of God is me being comfortable and having fun. I mean, that's just reality, folks. Look at the way we live. Our comfort and our entertainment is very important to us. And I'm not, I'm not here today to challenge that. I, I'm not here today to say you're wrong for that. I'm just saying that if we're called on to suffer in identifying with Christ, then there needs to be a readiness to do that. We can't let our comfort and our entertainment become so dominating that we resist all suffering. Now, the good news is here, the Scripture doesn't call you and me to wake up tomorrow morning and go... Tr- Go, go scurry up some suffering, okay? We don't have to look for suffering. We don't have to make suffering happen for ourselves or for others, obviously. It, it, it just says, hey, if, if, that, if, that, if you're called on upon that, then be ready. And folks, that's a reality. If you identify your life with this book, if you identify your life with Christ more and more in the United States, it's gonna lead, you're gonna be labeled, you're going to be thought less of. I mean, that, that's a form of suffering, isn't it? I'm sure grateful it's, it's not the suffering that believers in Iraq have where if they went to church this morning, they, 
they increase the odds of being beheaded about 50% today. Today, being beheaded today. I, I, I read a statistic this past week that said that ISIS has just about killed all of the Christians in Iraq. Can you imagine that? I mean, they're working through systematically killing every Christian. Now, that's suffering. That's not where we are. But, but the suffering we feel, is, it's, it's real to us. I, I hope one day we don't look back and think, boy, I wish I could take that suffering again. I, I, whatever the suffering is, we don't have to go look for it. But if it comes to us, we can't resist it. We can't be... You see, a lot of these, they all kind of get weaved together, suffering and boldness and... Our boldness is, is built on our belief. I mean, they, they, they all work together. But see, in all of these things, and the reason I'm working at agreeing, the reason I want to be bold in identifying with, with Christ, the reason I want to be bold in my beliefs, why Christ? Why do I believe Him to be the Son of God? Why am I trusting in Him? And why am I willing to let it cost? Why am I willing to even suffer, if that be the case, for identifying with Him? Because I want my life to express what his death means to me. The worth and the value of his death, his, his resurrection means in my life. I, I want to express that. Man, aren't you grateful for the grace and the forgiveness of God when our lives don't express? Because I don't know about you, but, but more than once this week, my life has said something much less about what I believe about the death of Jesus Christ for me, the resurrection uh, of Jesus for me. Man, his grace and his forgiveness is there. And I will cling to that grace and forgiveness. And I will use that grace and forgiveness. But I don't want to use grace and forgiveness as an excuse to not care. I don't want to use grace and forgiveness as a reason just to go right on in sin and say it's covered. No, I want my life to express the value and the importance of Christ. You know, to my, to my knowledge, no soldier ever died for Randy Hahn. No, no, no soldier ever died with my face in his eyes and my name on, on his lips. Now, I am the recipient of that soldier's sacrifice, hundreds of thousands of soldiers. I'm the recipient of that. But they did not do that for me personally. But Jesus did, right? When Jesus suffered, it wasn't for the people. When, when Jesus suffered and died, it, it wasn't for the land, the nation. It wasn't for a flag and it wasn't for a constitution. It was for your face. And it was for your name that he took on that suffering and death. And in that knowledge, the scripture calls you and me to live the rest of this day. Tomorrow. I mean, really, our whole lives. Seeking to do everything I can to express the value and the importance of what Jesus did in my life. And I think when you and I start living for and aiming at that target, we honor all those soldiers too. Yeah? Yeah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I am sorry that, that too often I can live, and I, I, I believe I can say that we can live in a way that in no way expresses who you are and what you mean to us. 
As a matter of fact, Lord, sometimes it's much worse than just that we don't express the value of you. God, we have words, we have thoughts, we have relationships, we have interactions, we have attitudes that actually mock you, that actually mock what you did in our lives. God, I pray that we would would desire so much for that not to be the case. That we would grow in a passion and a yearning that, that, that in everything we're doing, all throughout a day, every day, and in any day, that everything we're doing, we're, we're doing it because we want to express the value of you in our lives, the value of your death for us and all that that means to us. Oh God, I thank you that as we strive for that target, it's not in some way to try to pay back or earn what you did. It's, it's all by grace and we cling to you by grace. Father, I pray that you'd give us all wisdom and all a motivation this day, this week, to, to really start thinking about how we live that expresses that value. And Lord, I do pray that in that, that we as Christians, that we, that we honor and we recognize a United States military that has, that has preserved and protected and provided an opportunity for us to be able to freely do that. Without cost, without consequence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.